0: Alan Jenkins is a legend at Stranraer and Ballymina. He's played in every senior league in Scotland and scored in an Irish League Cup win while keeping his mum's cancer diagnosis a secret. He came back to Scotland to play in the juniors with Hurlford, Darvel and Dalviti Star, and now he's at his local club once more, pulling on the boots for Stranraer's reserves, but more importantly overseeing their youth set up. We'll look back at what life was like playing boys football with Kevin Kyle, hear about both sides of Billy McLaren and what it was like to skip for the Blues during some of the best times in their history under Neil Watts and Stuart Miller. that will be the massive highs and huge lows of playing at Gretton on the up, then leaving them on the down. Then how a move across the Irish Sea ended with him being inducted into Ballymena's Hall of Fame. Plus, we'll ask Alan about his own aspirations as a coach. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along for another 60 minutes or so, looking at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, how was your first Saturday back in football lockdown? It's, it's not very nice. It's not very
1: nice. Uh, and sometimes you get a bit selfish in football, don't you? And you think to yourself, you know, oh, wish I was at the game today. And I'm texting some of the boys, saying, oh, you know, wish we had the game. But again, there's people people know well out there, and people suffering and numbers going through the roof, and as much as a lot of people won't like me saying it, it's the right decision. And, you know, obviously we had uh, Carlo on last week who made his justifications why May didn't want to, well, not didn't want to continue, they wanted to have a break for three weeks. Uh, and then you can talk, you know, it puts everything in perspective. And uh, I think he put, he put a very good case across. Uh, obviously, we've had some more announcements today that it looks like lockdown's probably got to be into the middle of February. So football won't be back again till... Till mid February, which is disappointing from a football point of view, from your own personal point of view, when that's what you do on a Saturday—you go to football and you pick your team and things like that—but that but it is what it is.
0: Yes, yeah, sadly, uh, looks like we'll be uh, we'll be talking more about that for a, for a few weeks to come, uh, at least. But um, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. If you're looking for photographers, graphic designers, videographers or video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization or event, then they'd love to hear from you. They make creation personal. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. I'm David Gomley, manager at Rossville Football Club, and
2: you're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: The Lord of Stranraer, Alan Jenkins is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. Delighted to be here. We'll uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the down the divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. So we'll bring you in on this, Alan. You got? How's your uh, football general knowledge?
2: Uh decent, I think. Well, we'll find out at the end of the show, but I hopefully decent.
0: Well, this week I'm looking for the club that shares one of their nicknames with an English Premier League side. Their players were the same strip as Romelu Lukaku's current club. They were established in 1946 and Jim Stewart was included in the Scotland squad for the 1974 World Cup two years after leaving them. Not looking so confident now, Alan.
2: You didn't tell me it was going was that hard. <laughs> I thought you'd beat me in gently.
0: <laughs> we'll find out the answer at the end of the show.
2: My name's Callum Graham, Ashfield striker, and you're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Stranra legend Alan Jenkins is with us. Uh, we're back on lockdown in the lower leagues. Alan, as I said, um, how has it kind of affected you in your current role? as uh,
2: a uh, had a youth at Aye, I mean it's it's really disappointing. It's obviously the right decision at the time, given the state of where the country is, and particularly Sarnau. Basically, went from level one to level four uh, in a matter of weeks, over a, a huge spike in cases over Christmas. So the the, the sad thing about Sarnau being a close the the numbers are now becoming names of people who have been affected by this virus, and it really hits home. So it is it is the right decision to to stop playing it's it's disappointing for myself and my role with the head of youth obviously overseeing the reserve team and our, our under 16 team have been have played four friendly matches since March uh, the, the league decided, the pre youth league decided that it was due because of the size of the region Obviously, 100 mile to Gretna basically it's too far a distance to with sharing issues and, and, and things like that for under 16 football so Aye, ah, disappointing times just now, but listen, I think the vaccine, there's, there's, there's brighter times ahead for everybody and football will come back. Uh, we're, we're disappointed because we're so passionate about it and it's it's a life, it's a livelihood for a lot of people. Uh, but no, I'll get back in, uh, hopefully soon because by God, I'm missing it on like my computer everybody else is.
0: As somebody who, I mean, you've been at that club from from boy to man and now, to, now into coach and you know what youth football can can do for a player's development I guess better than anybody and and you've said they're four games since March, is, is it a concern to you that not that we're going to lose a generation of footballers here but you know th- there's a lot of development being missed out on of, in formative years isn't
1: there?
2: I, I think oh, to be fair I do think we're in a danger of losing a generation of footballers uh, particularly given the kind of the, the limited structure in we have our we have our boys' clubs teams that feed into the Strenra uh, youth team, which then feeds into the reserves. Now, the way the, the, way the process has been, is after under-16 football, to show enough talent and show enough ap- appetite and the right attitude, we move through into the, the reserve team to play in the south of Scotland, which is essentially man, men's football. For me to go and ask kids to do that, having played four games in a year, uh, between 14, 15, 16 it's, it's inconceivable. It won't happen. It, it, and these are the vital years. This is where you you learn the game properly. Now this is that transition where you get to kind of teenager, mid your teens, to breaking into kind of senior football. It's so informative, and the game becomes. I don't mean this in in, in any uh, disrespect to youth football, but the game becomes proper at that kind of age. It gets it, it's more competitive. The tempo of the game gets up because Everybody's physically adapting uh, and developing. So I think it's really, really difficult for kids, uh, particularly in my youth team. So we will be making proposals that the the whole the whole pathway in Defeat and Callaway moves to next year to under-17s. Just now it's under-14s, under-16s, and then kind of south of Scotland. So we would look to try and go under-15s, under-17s, because you pay 12 teams, so maybe 200-odd boys that have no football. I think we owe it to those boys to give them a, a,
1: a chance to, to retain that kind of lost development. So how does the, for the benefit of our listeners, Alan, how does the reserve set up work down in uh, Stoona? Do you have a team playing in the actual South of Scotland league on a Saturday afternoon? Yes.
2: So the, the, and that was, that changed. We, we did have the under-20s team. Uh, they had the under-20s development league a few years ago. Which there was a kind of... Uh, different opinions on uh, myself and Gary McCutcheon, uh, another ex-player, uh, decided we would like to take on. We would like to provide a local platform for local players. So the under-20s team kind of mirrored the first team, which is majority made up from the centre Belt. This gave this extended our local pathway. So basically, local boys would go from under-16s, 17, and 19. They could all they could play within that in that South of Scotland League and develop. Uh, and listen, last year we had five uh, made their debut for, uh, for for the first team. We've got one that's now fully part of the first team squad. So if you get one every year, you're doing you're doing your job. But it just it just w- was an opportunity, local players
1: an extended opportunity to try and bridge the gap and to try and make a step into the first team. And do you find attracting players to go to Stranraer at that? Is that the reason why you kind of regionalised it? Because obviously it's a fair trek down to Stronaer, isn't it? And uh, to try and get guys to come down to Stronaer on a Wednesday night and stuff like that, it must be, a difficult, must be a difficult job for you guys.
2: So we won't, I mean, the the, the, the players, further, the furthest away the players will come is we have a town 25 miles on the road to the east, which is called Newton-Stewart. That would be the next biggest town. And we've got four or five from there, uh, Essentially, then it's all local. It's all Straborn St. Ra- and Bred Boys, and it's it's if they try and keep that community connection with the club. Uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to go through that journey and represent home hometown team, which is something that I was very proud to do uh, and lucky enough to do. And if we can provide that opportunity to another local, uh, and they can force our way it, into- Stevie Farrell's plans, if you can force away way in to make a career in the game somewhere. Eh, that's, that's the reason why we set it up. So it, it, it's primarily focused on local Stranath players. Eh, and it'll always be that way. The logistics of it, to, to try and encourage youth players to come down here, it's, you know how far it's is, the end of the world, let's be honest. with <laughs> What a journey it is for people to come here. So you'll not get that because they can go to a uh, United or they can go to a... Uh, uh, even like Hullford or they can go to Maybowl or they can go to junior teams and and learn our So They don't not necessarily need to, to come all the way to St-Raw so it's uh say we can get some hopefully get some local talent through the through into the uh, first
1: team. And is that a kind of route that you guys sometimes take? You're talking about like say Maybow and, and Hurlford. Would you put boys up there maybe if they stay further up the country, would uh, you would you put them out there or do you need to have them sort of in your plans just now?
2: No, no, we, we, we had a few out last week, uh, last season with um, Alvin Vicks. So we did. We had a few out with Alvin Vicks last year. We had um, a few uh, uh, maybe over the years. Listen, there, there was a, a point in time where we were the South of Scotland team a few years ago. Because it's only been going three or four years, we didn't have a we didn't have that pathway. We didn't have that extension at the top of our pathway. And James Hilton, who plays with the first team now. Uh, there was another boy, Johnny Baxter, who, who, who plays junior, and Lyle Avci, goalkeeper. I went to. He was at Swifty's team. He was at BSC. He played with Sunar and Annan. I actually used my contacts to get them into A United, and they went in to be part of Davy White's youth squad, and then Ian McCall took them on. And so we've got Jay Hilton back by hook or by crook. He's maybe took a different path, but I mean, he says we've we've used our contacts. I'm no precious about players playing for, for Sunar. I would love it if they could, good, but all oh, you want is boys to get an opportunity and, and take take their career whatever whatever way it'll go and, and make the best of their ability.
0: So so you're obviously overseeing the youth system as we've talked about there but you haven't quite put the boots away yet, no? Um,
2: no quite, no. Uh, I've. I we, we discussed it and listen, I, I actually heard Colin McMenamin on another uh, chat somewhere along the line and he was talking about playing as long as he can. Colin's the same age as me uh, and I, I remember, I kind of, someone said, play as long as you can. If you can still feel you're, you're making a difference. And it, in a strange kind of way, we had a listen, myself and Michael Moore had a real disagreement about this on the group chat about the merits of me playing. And he was talking about giving youth an opportunity. And I noticed they'd signed Martin Graham for BSC. And I says, Oh, well, I'm good, glad you're giving youth an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know no disrespect to Big Martin. So, but I just feel as though. Well, and, and Gary, as well, that see sometimes to, to help. I think back to my days, Reserve League West, play, as 15 year old, playing with a guy who in midfield was maybe 30, and they talk you, they, they hand walk you through the game. And what you learn playing beside them, rather than somebody shouting it from the side, to me helped me. I, I think you, you I think it helps people learning by doing, not by being told what to do, so to speak. So uh, I, I feel as though, and Gary who's the manager certainly feels as though that I can go and sit in the middle of the park and don't, listen I used to run about loads when I played I can hardly move now but I can pass and, and you're on there as a voice as an experienced head as a voice to kind of direct traffic and help help young ones and say do this, don't do this try and do this, blah 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 and it just, for me, it, for me it, listen, it, it, it's selfish in a way because it allows me to play but I genuinely feel as though there is a benefit for me being on the pitch and helping midfielders.
1: But I think, touching on just what you said there, if I was to say to you, you know, kind of one of the better players you ever played with, you always think back to that time when you were maybe coming through at Stranraer, and, you know, you played with so-and-so at the back and he told me to make that run and, 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 and dictated where you kind of went a little bit and it made it a, I suppose almost a pleasure to play in there as well, and it helped and it, and it helped you. So, I think to ask a couple of young lads to go in there and maybe take heavy defeats by just putting you in there just settles it down a little bit, doesn't it? I I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree because listen, and that's the hardest
2: thing that I get for for, for kids is it's the, the talking aspect in the in, in the youth football and particularly boys for rather quite quiet as there, don't, they don't speak much so going in and, and as, as you say and being that encouraging voice it's not being a manager shouting on barraging young boys and, and slating them for making mistakes but actually correcting their mistakes on the pitch and saying don't no, worry about it but why? what about if you do this what about if you do that and then, and then ultimately they'll go and experience it themselves and hopefully they'll, get, they'll learn from that experience keep on telling young kids it's not a crime to make a mistake it's a crime if you keep making the same mistake, but that's up to me and Gary to help them and tell them, no, you should do this or you should do that. So, I, I league, that's why I, I talked to on about the under-20s league and it just seemed to be, there didn't seem to be that, that uh, competitive edge within the league. It was quite safe, it was quite, you have possession, we'll set off. It didn't feel like real football to me when I, when I think back to my own experiences. My first my first reserve game was against St Mirren's and John Hewitt was playing. John Hewitt, I think, did he win the European Cup with Aberdeen? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, he scored the goal, didn't
2: he? Aye, so I mean, like, yeah. what an experience! You're 15 year old, you're going, my God, and just playing against guys, you learn. Playing with guys, you learn. So, aye, all for the benefit of the players. Hopefully, for me, being on the pitch.
1: I think another thing as well, and I call it the generation of Astroturf players, and you know, <laughs> my, my son's one, and it is all very nice, isn't it? We all get the ball at the back, and we play it side to side, and if it's no one, we start again, and we, you know, we switch the play out, as you say, set off the game a wee bit like them playing the final third, like playing the likes of yourself. They're going to get real football. They're probably, I don't know, with the parts of like the South of Scotland, but they're probably going on grass parts. The game's probably gonna get played that little bit more direct and it's having that voice because the other thing as well, I notice when I bring maybe one or two of them into my team, yep. there's a generation that has lost out header a ball or maybe just a wee slight back turn or mm-hmm. do you know mm-hmm. where I'm coming from? So just have somebody like that in there that they can show them how to win a ball and, and and you know, I suppose it's going up for the header and win second balls, winning the scraps and that. They've never they've never had to do that. And no, I completely agree with you and I think football's changed
2: in a lot of aspects for the better but seeing some aspects it's 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 the, the, the younger the new kind of generation they've got the best of gear they've got the, be- they've got the best of pitches the, and they go and watch the Premiership and now because we're in lockdown we're all watching football on TV, I don't know about you, see sometimes I've had to turn the Premiership off because it's garbage, it's you go and we'll pass, we side to side to side and I've, I've, across, uh, through my career, I've had times with that in pre-season, where you go and play against a lesser team and you knock it side to side to side, and you think, wait a minute, see come the first game of the season if we go to Stull and Albion, they're the first team that came to my head. Well, I'm not going to do that, because they, one, they're not going to allow us to do that. And that's not that's not the way we'll play, that's not the way we'll win a league, by knocking it nice football. So I think you
1: need to play the environment you're in and learn the environment you're in. And coming on to that, how... I've I've said all year before. I'm a huge Manchester United fan, so the, the the Premiership games I tend to watch is Manchester United. But I've even noticed now it's like watching a game of chess. You see them going into the final third. It's two banks of five. They can't get beyond. You know they just Man- Manchester for me. Manchester United is a team that was always hit teams on the break, mm-hmm. absorb it and hit teams on the break. Now it's like watching a game of chess. Sometimes there's no there's nowhere to move the ball. There's no spaces and as, as you say and I actually said to my son I tell you one thing I'd rather be up the Vicky watching New Mainz I'd rather be up the Vicky watching New Mains and watching um, this
2: Absolutely and I, I spoke to someone else regarding my, my, my time in Irish League football and that's what that's what folk love about that level and, and per, perhaps the lower leagues and the juniors in Scotland is the competitive edge of the game and it is sometimes blood and guts but do you know something what's wrong with that That's that's the Scottish game that's the way we are uh, I mean, you look at the pitches in the Premier League now in Scotland, they're no, they're no fit for knocking the ball across the back uh, and playing nice football. You, you watch the Premier League and there's full-backs that must make hundreds of thousands of pounds a week by running forward, getting so far and passing it back. And it, it infuriates me. I'm like, do a bit of something. Do a bit of creativity go by somebody. But the coach to do that. That's that, at the high end of the game, your coach to going forward and, and keep possession of the ball. Possession's key. So. Uh,
1: and what would the what would a Neil Watt or a Billy McLaren have said to you if the goalkeeper's passing the ball to you in your 18-yard box? How would I, they have reacted to that? Well, <laughs> I, I, I probably when I had a handprint running about my throat or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, which, believe, which, believe me, I've had. So I know, I know what I've talked about. Uh, no, it's, it's, just, it's just so false. I mean, and again, because of the, the change of shape, whether you're playing three at the back and then it's 4-3-3 three, three and 3-4-1-2, three, whatever you want. I grew up in a 4-4-2 four, four, era. And you know something? My most successful team's played 4-4-2. Four, four, Straightforward, you know your job. Uh, think back to, like, getting... We were we were quite direct, with great energy. We got we went up to Michael Moore, with David Graham, a big man, a small man, uh, up front. Energy for Kevin Finnis and Lee Sharp in the wide areas. Uh, Fraser Wright, Murray Henderson, Dexie Wingate, Kevin Gawkin. No nonsense defenders, just defend. And then, and, and then the game was the game was simplified. Uh, so I uh, it's it's. Uh, and listen, as a coach now, you, you uh, when you try and coach, I, I would be I would, I feel more comfortable coaching 4-4-2 and basics because the basics stand you in good stead. The, the, the basics of the game standing in good stead having a, a good attitude having the, a, a decent amount of ability that's what stood me in good stead throughout my career I was, I mean, has watched me enough times to know that I wasn't the best player in the world but I was honest, I was wholehearted and, and I, made, I made I made the best of my ability but now boys want to do things that they shouldn't really be doing they want to they, they, like, they, they want to uh, they, they see these skills and, and that Pogba does and bloody, uh, all these players do and they think that's what makes them. That's what gets them there. It's it's the basics which gets you there. Once you're there, you can do whatever you want if somebody's paying you 100 grand a week. But no, I don't think there's all the wrong way a bit of old-fashioned football at times.
0: A bit like that day you, st- you stuck that one in up at Inverness, cut in.
2: Oh, oh my
0: God, you're going back now, Gareth. That <laughs> 2-0. 2-0. Yeah.
2: 2-0. 2 I think Michael scored the first one. That's right. Yep. Aye. <laughs> was a, the picture was in the paper, I'm sure.
0: I was, it was,
2: yeah. Aye, huh? that's
0: right. Probably going back, I don't know, that must be about 16 years, is it? Aye,
2: uh, I, I would have been 20, aye, th- 21, aye, so 22,
1: maybe, aye, 16 So years. for the benefit of the listeners, what game was that,
0: Gareth? Uh-huh. It was Inverness, Clacknaker, then, against Schoenra, and I'm guessing what, in the, well, it was the Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup, yep. And I can't remember what round it was, was it, would it be round, or, oh, first or second round?
2: It would have been one of the early ones, aye. That was my first first ever... T- i uh, been to Inverness Clack, couldn't twice, first and last time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, no, right,
0: uh, As you can imagine, I was delighted to get the call to go all that way up to cover the oh game. No, <laughs> know, no, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: talking about those days, I mean, you ended up making over 200 appearances at Stranra. Now, a minute ago, you were talking about how Stranra boys don't usually say a lot. When they when when they're young when they're coming through, what were you like? Were you like that back then? You know, you made your first team debut at sixteen years and twenty days. Were you, were you? Did you have to learn to kind of come out your shadow a little bit? Uh, like
2: uh, that. Do you know something? I, 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 and I'm not just saying this because of what we've talked about earlier. I had great teammates, experienced guys that, that really looked after you and were so encouraging. Noxy, obviously is a local guy. Paul Ronald was great with me. Mark McGee the goalkeeper was great. Duncan George, uh, Billy McDonald, and I also had managers who showed faith in me. Campbell Money took me to... Obviously, I made my debut as a trialist against Forfa when I was 16 and 20 days or something like that. And then my, my debut as a signed player was the Easter Road game. So, I mean, for me to go to Easter Road to playing boys club football and playing reserve football to play in front of 13,000 people, I, you're nervous, but you know something in the back of your mind think, this manager what, what faith this guy's shown in me here uh, and when I, when I talk about that game against Hibs I, I've touched the ball ten times if I was lucky, but see exactly what I talked about earlier on about talking through the game the guys, Jason Young, Tom Black Gary Matthews, guys that got to help you and and what an education that was I was, I was always conscious that I wasn't the, the best footballer in the world but I, 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 and I was also really, really conscious of being a local boy because that's great when you win. But see, when you lose, you're the you're the, you're the target, and that's that's sometimes tough. And see, as a kid, the the, the the things about being a young kid developing your game is you're inconsistent. You're good. You're bad. You're in the stands, You're starting. You're a sub. You got all these things to deal with. So, uh, I it was tough, tough going, and I had a, a real a few tough times within. My, my development, but again, just lucky that I had real good teammates to support me and and, and managers that showed faith in me, which is which is worth its weight in gold.
1: Coming through as a kid, what position did you start out playing, and then when you have made that debut Easter Road, where were you playing in the park? Who were you up against?
2: I was a centre midfielder. I I actually had trials, a lot of trials in England. They they actually and some successful and some unsuccessful, and they saw me as a a centre half. And I didn't want to play centre-half, that and that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't, didn't take them up. I went to Ipswich and Fulham, which were was, was successful. Man City, Blackpool, Blackburn, they weren't successful. They didn't fancy me. So I had an opportunity to go, but I, I wanted to be a centre-midfielder. So I, I played centre-midfielder that day against Park McGinley, and just, and just chased Park about the pitch for 90 minutes. <laughs> and and that's, that's all I did. And, and again, just watched the ball go around me and over my head, and Ah, it was a, a great learning experience for me. There was another big guy. Was would it be Justin Skinner? I'm maybe going back. Yes, to him. yes,
1: Justin Skinner. Yeah.
2: I think he played in the middle of the park. And, and again, at six, I'm six foot one, but at 17, seventeen, you're like ten stone. But bloody, but ten stone in one leg now. So I am. Now. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? And you're coming up. The difference of coming up against a guy that's six foot one, but a man to being six foot one and a boy you know, night and day. Absolute night and day. What a real experience it was.
0: Right. Billy McLaren. Uh, We've all heard the stories. You know, a guy who I think, you know, away from the pitch is a totally different guy Mm -hmm. to the guy in the changing rooms and on the side of the pitch. What what was it like playing under him, uh, you know, an uh, education, I guess, but you know, did, did you see those two sides very much as well because you were on in the sort of inner sanctum as well?
2: I I, I never really saw the, the the two sides as such be, until later years when when I met up with Billy again and, and talked. To, it was obviously the Ranger Scouts. So I've met him at youth games, and and, uh, and we discussed. He actually got me, uh, my, my myself and my daughter tickets for the for a lounge for the Rangers Stranraer game a few weeks, uh, at, the, at the start of last year. But when he came in. One thing I'll say about Billy, see the see the traits and the 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 values that Billy Billy held about being hard-working, about being honest, about taking responsibility, about listening, about learning, and, and, and respecting older teammates. Take all that. That's what stands you in good stead. It doesn't matter if you're playing football. Those those values that he taught me stood me in throughout my life. It, it, that type of old-fashioned, real proper football guy. I love working with Billy because ultimately. As I say, he showed faith in me, and he played me more often than not. Listen, I've got a couple of horror tales that he, that he, that he and I, I, was under no, under no illusions of where I stood with Billy. At times, uh, we played four for away one time, and I was up front with Fraser Wright. What a strike partnership! Is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, this is true. So we had that. We had a group of, and my pals growing up, Western Ra fans. So they had this. They called themselves the Venga Loyal. Right, this is what they were called, right? So I'll tell you how long ago it was. So they, so they would go to Snog game, So me and Fraser are up front, like two fish out of water, trying our best. So it wasn't working for some reason, and Billy took me off after 20 minutes, 25 minutes maybe in the first half. So I've, so all my mates are behind the goal at Forfa, and they're clapping me. Ah, thank well done. Brother. So I've clapped them. just because I'm my mates. So sat in the out and I could tell by his face I thought oh I've had something wrong here. See at half time I went to get up he, put, he just put his hand on my chest or, or my throat maybe and just says no no you sit there and you sit there and look at your pals you can wait there. To... I had to sit in the dog route. I wasn't there, I wasn't even in <laughs> the dressing room. You sat me there oh brilliant the the best one ever about Billy Billy McClan is a. Uh, he had a great saying, he used to say, uh, you need a feather duster in your back pocket for all the lovely wee touches of the ball. And uh, I don't know if you're a swear, but you need a knuckle duster. When you've got that opponent, dude, don't lay him back up. So you get the feather duster <laughs> in your back pocket, the knuckle duster in the back pocket. So got, we, we were at Stirling Albion, we're winning 1-0. Derek Cahoon scored and Billy McDonald gets sent off in the last couple of minutes of the match. And Stirling Albion scored to equalise. Now, still and I been changing them, There's a big square. Then there's a wee annex off it. There was the, the, the showers. So we're walking back in. Again, I'd be ni- 18, 19. And there's this commotion. And Billy McDonald's in, getting a shower because he's been sent off. So he's naked with the flip-flops on. And Billy's in with the, with the bonnet and the lotto boots and the tracksuits on. And the two of them are scrapping in the shower. Billy was going to, Billy McFarland McDo- uh, was going to kill him. Absolutely kill him. John Taylor and uh, Derek Kelly's assistant, are putting him away. Going to kill him. Just because he got sent off and we, we, we lost we lost our lead. But what a man. What, like oh great guy,
1: absolute fantastic man. And from a from a football point of view, would that have been four four two 4 2 kind of oh. diagonals at the channels, wingers running on it, two strikers four, in the middle? Four four 2 uh, absolutely four four two. Uh
2: definitely I mean and would it, be we would we Hartley up front. Hartley was a maverick, so he was capable and then we'd we had Paul Walker, uh, again, another terrific player. We had Noxie, I think Willie Fuffey was there, Dougie Johnson, Duncan George, Paul Blair. I'm reminiscing now. like so, that, uh, uh, so, aye, 4-4-2. And again, listen, we played the one game Celtic came to play us uh, in the Scottish Cup and, and we, I say, 4-4-2. That's it. Everybody knows our job basics. Shuffle over as a four, press up as a four, drop. The, you know where you're going. Yeah. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Play four four two. So, 2 no, uh, no number uh, six, eight, or tens for Billy or <laughs> that. One. Definitely no. Would uh, I choke somebody if they came up with that?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when Neil Watton and, and Stuart Miller came in after him, I guess you couldn't have gone more kind exactly. of. A contrast in terms of management style. I mean, and, and yet, you know, they were so successful using a different different way of working, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they came in, what well, was they?
2: I felt really sorry for Billy. We got relegated and he decided to resign. He'd been there four years, which is probably uh, unheard of in, in, in football days now, been in charge of a team four years. But Neil came in unknown. I knew that he used to play with the club uh, and Stuart, and I knew they were very successful at Mary Hill. I uh, met him and he, he impressed me straight away. So he did really with, with, with his vision for the club. But it was a, a real step into the unknown because they signed a lot of boys for junior football that were unproven at that level. But credit to Neil, and this is a, a, wee, a wee insight. We got Neil involved in that WhatsApp group chat that we're talking about with all the old boys. And Neil sent a V video on and he'd a book, a wee like a jotter they used to get at school and it was detailing his preparation of taking the scenario job, and it was looking at these junior players. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: This was before he'd taken the job?
2: Before he'd taken the job, about who, who he could talk to and who he was want to speak to, and David Graham was on the list, and Dave, all these players. And we only found that out about a few months ago, and what an insight it was. But when you look back, that's why he's successful, because he was prepared. He knew exactly. We, I didn't know the characters and the players he was bringing in, but he knew, and Stuart knew the quality that he was bringing in, and they just, good cop, bad cop. They knew, how to, they knew how to manage the dressing room. Very talented dressing room. but just needed guided, just needed tweaked here and there. Uh, so, no, it was uh, a real good guy. And I had a lot of time for him and Stuart. And I'd say delight because they, 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 they were part of my first success in football.
1: You see that now, sort of, I don't know, what would that be? 15 years on? So Is it uh, 20 years on, maybe? 20 years on in the detail they, they've done. And you at the time would never have appreciated that probably, but now as a coach and taking your steps into coaching and going into management now, players don't see the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. They don't see the work that that, that goes on. And you must take a lot from from those two guys now in, in the role you're in.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. That was uh, no, you're, you're completely right. I think over the course of your career, you take a you take good bits and bad bits for each manager that you work with, and ultimately you find out what's right for you as a coach. You can, the, the one thing I do like about coaching is essentially there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's your way to do it. And as long as you justify your players and your staff and why you're doing it and why you've got these beliefs, then I don't think anybody can question you. Uh, that's that's what I, I really enjoy about, about, uh, about coaching. But in terms of preparation, like even thinking you'll know yourself all what you've got to do at training the night, you don't just think it up on the spot. Because you yeah. do that, through that and you get caught out that way. You need to be thorough in your preparation. Missing, I've came to a professional background and and, and walk my way up, and I know kind of what's required, and I know what the expectations of me. What what I would expect of a coach back then, as a the manager back then. So they, those principles should apply to me now in that position. So uh, I'm very mindful of that, and and I, I'll, as I say, I'll do my education and coaching and managing, and hopefully hopefully make the make the step up.
1: Go back to the time you're, you're coming through Strunnar, Obviously Strunnar's not a full-time club eh, at the time. Oh, it's still not a full-time club. No. What did you do, Alan? What was what was your kind of nine to five? Oh, were you still at college or school? No, or? No. Uh,
2: postman. I was a postman, which right. was uh, exactly the same as Keith Knox. Knoxy was a postman. Noxy. I saw how fit Knoxy was because obviously oh. he was a postman. I'm walking two and a half, three, three hours a day. Derek Townsley was as well at Gretna, wasn't he? Degsy was a, oh, Degsy was a, he was a postman as well, Drake Degsy was. But I so I was a postman for a few years. Uh, and and again I think that did help me in terms of keeping your fitness up. Uh, it didn't it didn't interfere with, with with football. Obviously you're six till six till two or whatever. There was occasions when I had to call a few favours. I, I do remember turning up at Montrose in my post office uniform because, and 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 to be fair, the boys at the work did my a turn and took a couple of streets off to sort of get away up to the <laughs> I
1: was going to say there thing. was no second class post in there that day. Uh, no, definitely no.
2: Definitely. There's, there's some post, post strung along the M77 on the way up. Ah, they're dealing with that. <laughs> no, so I was a postman and then I moved into a role as a community coach with the council and the SFA. Right. Uh, and I did that with Davy White, who's who's the head of youth at United now, yeah. he was my boss. Uh, so Davy kind of got me on my kind of first steps to coaching, and then you would just go twice a week up to Glasgow and train. Uh, so I mean, I, 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 I wish I had a pound for every mile I did. I certainly wouldn't be sitting here like now. <laughs> so, uh, so no, it's uh, uh, put the miles in anyway.
1: You touched on uh, training in Glasgow. I know that was one of the things. I think Neil had changed, didn't he? The, the, the Stranraer went up to Glasgow to change, or did Billy do that? How much of a difference was that in attracting players to the club? And what was it like for you, Stranraer, boys having to go the opposite way? Well, it was. It, I mean, through my whole time in Stranraer, we always trained in
2: Glasgow. We always trained in Glasgow, right. and I think it's always been that way. Purely because you just haven't got the, the 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 kind of pool of talent down here. I mean, I would love to see a team of locals play for Stranraer. Will it ever happen? Very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. There's such a wider pool of players in the central belt, and it's, uh, I, I didn't mind it uh, going up twice a week. It's just part of your working week. It's part of your your your, your, your training day. Uh, did it for eight years. Listen, I commuted for Stranraer when I played with Gretna and I played with Morton. So uh, I'm very much a home bird. So no, that wasn't wasn't too much of an issue. I think you would never attract. It's okay for me and Noxie to do the journey. But you couldn't get 18 people doing the journey to Stranraer for training and all that and all the coaches. It just wouldn't. It's just not viable. Uh, so no, it'll, it'll remain that way for a long, long time. I think Stranraer will always be a central, central belt-based club uh, for, for week-to-week training.
0: You, you talked about being, you know, one of the few Stranraer-based boys in the squad, and you know how it went if you won or lost. You know, you, you couldn't get away, but if, if things went well, it was great to be down there and. And if you had a defeat, then, then you were sort of the one left uh, dealing with uh, all the attention that way. But you captained the team to the third division title in 2004. You scored the goal 12 months later, which then secured the second successive promotion up to the, the second tier for the first time since the late 1990s. That must have, you know, you know, that must have been a great time to be involved with a club, being a Stranra guy. You know, having all that, the feel-good factor around the place and the sort of the pride in being the guy who was, you know, lifting the title in in 2004.
2: Absolutely. Uh, And I I think Neil Watt was very, very clever with his selection of captain. Don't get me wrong, I think I did have leadership qualities in terms of the way I I played. Uh, But there was more experienced players within the team. But I think Neil tried to tap... Because we had had a a, a tough season, we have been relegated on the belly, so I think Neil tried to tap into the, the local kind of aspect of the club and I'm not saying he just made the local boy captain I, I think I, I think I deserve more than that but I, I think he, he was clever in what he did and to go for the seasons where it was tough when you're up against it and you're losing week in week out to flip that on its head I mean the, the team we went to Peter Head on the third game of the season we David Graham come on scored twice we won 2-1 and we never looked back and to go for losing and struggling every week to being at the top end of the table and try to win a championship and ultimately win a championship uh, and then the following year, score the score the goal to to secure the the second success in promotion, dream come true. I mean that's a fan I have Pictures of me, I believe it. I'm all walking out hand in hand with my with my and my ex uh, halford my manager Darren Henderson. Darren was my favourite Strood player when 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 I went watching that <coughs> So, uh, so I, I've I've come through and supported the club and to go and to go and get a bit of success as a local boy and and, and play a big part of was was a huge, huge part of my life and something I'm very, very proud of.
0: And you talk about, you've mentioned some of the the guys you were playing with. Um, there were characters in that squad, weren't there? You know, as in terms of, you know, strong characters. And and I guess you're, you're in a coaching role yourself now, but are you not the least bit surprised to see so many of that team having gone on to become, you know, coaches or managers? I'm thinking Stephen Swift, Stevie Aiken. Uh, you mentioned Lee Sharps, the assistant manager at at, um, at St. Mirren as well. As well, there's, there's lots of them dotted around, don't there?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I phrase right? Uh, I it as well. There was a. You know something? Uh, we had good players, and and we we obviously you win win the win the league on the pitch, but see that see that togetherness in that dressing room, and, and as you see the the, the the characters within it, and some played a, some played a, a, a louder part than others. Uh, but the makeup of the team, and with with, Stuart and, uh, with Neil and Stuart at the helm, just tweaking it and just guiding it and managing it, uh, it was. I, I firmly believe that a huge part of our success was within that dressing room. And I think even to this day, I think teams. If you're successful, you've got a real strong dressing room, a real real togetherness, and that that's worth its worth its weight in gold on the pitch. Uh, and it's great to watch Ginge and Swifty and and Lee Sharp and 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 Michael is obviously involved with BSC as well. Uh, and Fraser did a bit of coaching, so it's great to see him involved. And listen, it'd be nice to come up against him uh, in a managerial capacity in the future and see and, and pit my wits against him. But uh, guys that I've got huge respect for.
1: Actually, after the the last show, we did, I can't remember if it was Swifty or whether it was with Stuart Miller. I actually got a message from Murray Henderson after it right. saying, actually saying how he missed those days. Uh, Do you know? Amazing, a real that, that that squad of guys was uh, a real tight knit and probably the secret to your success, Alan.
2: Absolutely. I was I was asked by a, by a young a youngster a local youngster who was doing a kind of football questionnaire, uh, to pick my best my best one to eleven, and. The easy answer for me for that question is: see that team, that Struan team, that's the best team I've played in. That's the best team I've played in on the pitch and in the dressing room. It's the best team I've played in. Now, obviously, I went, I didn't just say that. I gave the boy a, a different answer and picked thro- boys for other teams and that as well. But see exactly what you say. Just I, 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 the, 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 the 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 togetherness, the the carry on. But the, the seriousness and uh, when, it, when it needed to be serious, and the success obviously makes it a more enjoyable time. Uh, but even to this day, the, I mean, the, the WhatsApp chat goes 10 to the dozen nowadays, so it does, and, and the wind ups are still the same. Don't get me wrong, we all, we all had to, we did an initiation, so when we joined back up uh, during lockdown, we all had to do a, wee, a video and sing a song as an initiation. So... Listen, a few more wrinkles and grey hairs and nay hairs and a few more pounds, but uh, it was great to see them all. And, and, and as you say, can't wait till lockdown's over and we can get back together. And as Murray says, to to get everybody back together
0: and have a have a right good night out. Right, give us an insight into that uh, initiation uh, session. Then, uh, what were you singing? How did it go? And, and uh, how did the other boys get on? Well, well, well I
2: sung the first verse to Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. So I see the resemblance? I can see the resemblance there. <laughs> Exactly, so, that, so I, I sung that That was my And uh, to be fair, it went doing well I was the third one in uh, Some horror shows, Kevin Finlayson Oh Jesus, John. Well Couldn't you listen to Kevin Finlayson sing that song? Honestly, God What was he singing? I, I, do you know something? He came, on actually, I wish I, he came on yesterday Do you know that song? I guess that's why they call it the blues So we adopted that in the dressing room I guess that's uh, why they call us the blues So that was our kind of theme song And he was driving in his car and his radio yesterday and he's put a wee video of him singing it on and listen, it was great to hear the song it was a nightmare to hear Kevin murdering it but never <laughs> mind uh, so I we all put a wee, a wee song on and Michael Moore obviously put his usual Guns N' Roses nonsense on that he, that he likes, but uh, aye, great to catch up on them all, it was uh, Neil or
0: Stuart,
2: have a go no, 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 no. Stuart's got a very distinctive voice. I don't think it's a singing voice. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and hopefully Stuart will agree with that. You know? <laughs> so, I used to hear. We actually, we actually put some old videos uh, on the group chat of games because somebody had old YouTube clips of games that were videoed from that team. And because there's obviously no a huge crowd at their park. See Stuart shouting, I can hear him shouting at me now. I wish I could do the impression as good as Swifty and Kenny can do it. has <laughs> got, a, Swifty's brilliant at it, and he's shouting at me. You can just hear him shouting at me because I just used to go and run. I used to go and close fullbacks down and just leave Ginger on his own in the middle of the park. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I it's quite comical to listen to him. But no, no, nothing for Stuart, nothing for Neil.
0: Swifty must have, Swifty must have had one up his up his cuff.
2: No, Swifty. It took a wee while to get Swifty because obviously Swifty, we've got we've got his 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 professional persona now. He's ditched all that carry on, so he's, so he's very professional. But no, we had a we had a, a, a late night video. I think Swifty was sitting with MTV on. His video probably lasted about 20 minutes and he just sung every song that was on the TV. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was sitting with, sitting with his wife, Sarah. So I'm sure she was uh, scum up with him, listening to him. So I. Uh, so he doesn't no do, he does, he do things by half Swifty. So was know. it no
1: Swifty that told us on the show when he met his hero, Paul McStay? Yeah. I you heard this story? So he met his hero, Paul McStay. I don't know where he was. I don't know if he was on holiday Car- or something. He oh,
0: was
1: in a karaoke bar. In a karaoke bar and he started singing to him and they said he turns around Paul McStay's left the room (laughs) as he said it he said it on the show
2: Uh, listen uh, we uh, we went to Broadway and uh, we we went to Marbella after we won the league and Marbella is obviously quite a a well-to-do place and we rocked up and Ra uh, celebrating and Aston Villa were there and Sheffield United and Swifty tortured Peter Crouch and Gareth Barry tortured them (laughs) no care no didn't care who they were absolutely tortured them uh, so that's just that was aye. He's some man, here what a guy what a guy I love him to wits
0: we, we've talked about how how like you know, they're managing and, and you hinted there that you know one day one day it would be nice to come up against them in a managerial capacity I think I'm right in thinking you've only got your pro licence left to do badges wise yeah, right. uh, is, is, is it not that you're after Stevie Fowler's job or anything like that right now obviously but but you know, is it is it your aim to to follow them into the dugout and and to go as far as you can in coaching ultimately?
2: Yeah, that depends whether Stevie listens to this or no what answer I'm going to give. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <already kidding>. well, <laughs> I'm kidding. He has been
0: on. He
1: has been on.
2: Uh, I know. I know he's been on. I know he's been on. Ah, uh, listen. I would ultimately like a, a crack at it, and mm. I I think Keith Keith Knox has been uh, as a local guy uh, had a crack at it only finished. But listen, you, you don't want footballs not about sentiment football's is about the right decision for the club at the time, and see if the opportunity comes around, and I'm the right candidate, and the board feel that I'm the right candidate, and it's right for both for, for all parties. Then I I, I would I, I would be a liar if I said I didn't want a crack at it. But listen, I I I like the way the like the way Swifties went about it, and I like the way all players uh, and and obviously. Ginge went about it and, and, and cut her teeth obviously in the, in the, in the kind of the, the lonely league and, and, and learned I don't I think Gil, you need to be very very fortunate to pick it up and be a success now my role just now is about coaching Paul you'll know it's, it's different from managing it's absolutely. completely different absolutely different Reserves so
1: business isn't
2: it aye exactly so, so I need to experience that and listen I might be hopeless I'm, I might be hopeless as a manager I don't know until I get the opportunity but Yes, I would like to do it when, when, when the time's right. As you say, I'm kicking a ball just now for the reserves. Lockdown's put paid to that. I don't know. I'm 40 in October, so I think it might, it might be getting close to, to unfortunately put the boots away. I'll, God, I'll cry myself to sleep that night, so I will be devastated. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll look forward to the managerial journey when it comes, if it comes.
1: And would you ever consider go lower down like the West of Scotland League or the South of Scotland League to, to get that opportunity, to get that on your CV? Or is it would you look to be sort of go to the, the Lowland League and maybe higher up? No, no, absolutely. I, 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 um, I
2: just want a, 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 a chance to be a manager. Now, the reason, obviously, Gary McCutcheon uh, is the manager of the reserve team. Gary's a few years older than me. He retired earlier than me. So it was right that Gary took the managerial job with the South of Scotland team. Or else, I'll be honest, if, I, if we'd been the same age, I probably would have wanted to take it, uh, but Gary's doing a great job and, and I'll support him every way I can uh, but I I mean I would like to, I would like a crack at it uh, when it comes I don't think it'll be any time soon because Stevie's doing a great job he's
1: absolutely.
2: He absolutely doing a great job uh, So, and and we are, we are there to support him and provide him with players as and when he needs it and Listen, again, I re- refer to the, the fact that I am a Sarnam man. I am a man. I, I, I want the club to do well, uh, and, I, and, I, and I'll support Stevie all the way I can. I will eventually cut my teeth at a lower level. No, no, no doubt about that. No doubt about that because that's, that gives you a proper understanding of how you'll be. I would rather, if this sounds doesn't sound disrespectful, or that I'd rather go in at a lower level and know that it's not for me, than go in at a higher level and be a bit beyond the exposure and a bit in the limelight and you
1: might think that's understandable
2: do you know what I mean so yeah. uh, right, baby steps first
1: and you still get that same buzz sticking the tape on the socks and the sort there. you still uh, love it every minute
2: oh uh, absolutely absolutely I mean I, I love the game today so the, I actually when I played the junior I, I finished up at Halford uh, and I have a real trouble with my knee I've got arthritis in my knee so I've got no cartilage in my left knee so uh, what was happening it was, it was blowing up and I was thinking, should I retire? And and I just I just can't. I, I physically can't. Listen, I got a wee operation to kind of smooth away some of the bone, so I'm no I'm no bone on bone anymore in my knee. So the pain's a bit more manageable. I've lost I, I, I've lost a uh, I was going to say I've lost a wee bit of weight, which puts less less pressure on the joints. Uh, and I I'm I'm loving it because and again, are quite successful. Again, it, so it makes the game easier to enjoy. I played with Albion Star in the Lowland League. And my knee was struggling, the team was struggling, and it just—I was like, I, I, I just—I know that I didn't enjoy it, but it was a real, real struggle for me. Uh, whereas now you've got plenty of energy running about you, young boys running about you, desperate to make an impression, play good attacking football. 4-4-2, just basic. <laughs> no, I'm only joking, we don't. We play, we play one of these fancy formations. That I think Cotchi's I think, I think adapted to allow me to sit in the middle of the park. And okay, you,
1: you are that six now.
2: Aye, aye. So, <laughs> uh, so, aye, listen, I love it. I, 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 again, sort of there, you're sitting at the hose, and I, and I look at my wife, and my wife just looks at me and shakes her head. Because she, she knows what's coming, I'm like, oh, I wish it was a bloody game of day. wish I had a game of day. <laughs> what do you mean so He's a little bit the same. It's the best game in the world.
1: And Tell me this. Your old gaffer, Davey Irons, obviously went on and played in the Scottish Cup. I think he's the oldest guy to play in the Scottish Cup at... 47? 47? Aye. Is that an
0: ambition?
2: Did no, you absolutely. do it? No. Did you do it? No, no. Davey could do it. <laughs> no, well, I Listen, see, when I joined Gretna, I don't know what age Davey was at the coach, but he was at the front of the running for the pre-season. Yeah. He's a machine. So, yes, he's built like Bruce Lee. So it's <laughs> yes, just the same <laughs> he, and he just looks the same every, I, I met him through the Dumfries and Galloway Youth League, myself and Davey were asked to take a, a kind of select team to play against Queen <laughs> of the South youth team because it was their centenary year and we, we, we met up and we, we took this youth team and he just looks the same, he looks exactly yeah. the same uh, fit as a fleet, listen credit to Davey because it takes a lot because it's see when you've played and it, it happened to me about 31, maybe uh, 32 where you can see the ball on the pitch, you go for it and your legs don't take you. And see that, uh-oh, my legs are starting to go. See that mindset. See all the insecurities you have as a young player. You get them back as an old player because you think, I can't he get about the pitch. I can't he make that tackle. I can't he make that uh, run. Uh, so full credit to David But My wife will go ballistic if I'm playing at 47. <laughs> I'm, not it. I'm not ruling it out, though, just so we over- can
1: <laughs> But do you know? do you not know, think, though, Alan, that, at 31, 32, you think your legs are gone. Uh, it's not actually until you're in your 40s and you're on the exercise bike, you think like, oh, my legs are gone. Do you know what I mean? And, is, and, I, and I think I heard, uh, I think it was Scott Brown I heard saying that everyone's been telling him his legs are gone since he's
2: 28.
1: Uh, do you know what I mean? And, and I think you're right, I think it is a mindset.
2: It, it absolutely is a mindset. And it's try to kind of tell yourself, that no, you can still compete at that level, you can still do a job at that level. Uh, it's just the wee ones where you think you've got two seconds of time and you really, and somebody's oh, the ball's gone and, and things like that but I, I know what you're saying the way I felt when I was 31, 32 to the way I feel now after I play a game I'm like I walk I walk about like a robot <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: that's, that's just like, because you've won two league titles you're walking uh, about <laughs>
2: I'm still
0: living <laughs> off that volley against Morton's. I haven't bought a pint in for years. <laughs> just uh, just to finish off the the whole Stranraer thing, I mentioned uh, Kevin Kyle yep. in the intro. Um, somebody you kind of grew up with, and I mean, you must have you must have plenty of stories about about Kevin as uh, as kids playing. T- I mean, did did you? Is it right that you played uh, you played at the boys' club at Loch yeah. right. and also All in right. the. And for the regional
2: t- uh, team as well. Played, played for the regional team. Played for our local boys' clubs. When we went to Ayrshire, Kevin was actually uh, the way Kevin's a July birthday. Kevin's three months high, so he's July and I'm October. So the way the the kind of structure of the, the age group was that Kevin had to play like at a different age group to me. So we, we didn't we didn't play a huge amount for Earshot. That was a, that was the boys' club we, we both played for. But uh, I mean, Kevin was just kind of was, was was doing well at. at in air, the uh, airsoft football and then he, he'll see himself he kind of took a wee dip and then he, he managed to get a wee opening to go into A United did really well for A United and was spotted uh, playing well for A United and suddenly got an opportunity to go to Sunderland and he just went from there listen Kevin played in, see the reserve games I'm talking about with Campbell Money Campbell Money never played Kevin now you not you know, for me and Kevin will tell you that, and Campbell will tell you that. Campbell decided Kevin wasn't good enough for snor- us, or he wasn't his type of player. Uh, and, and Kevin never ever got an opportunity. He was snor- but I'm sure he's not too bothered about that now. But he <laughs> 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 <career laughs> And we only ever we only ever crossed paths professionally. Uh, uh, Great. Uh, Morton played Cumanik in a what it be, CIS Cup or something. Like that. And we played at Rugby Park, and there's actually a great picture, and I've got it because it's quite nice. So the two of us, and it's just as if there's nobody else on the pitch, just the two of us jumping for a header, uh, and obviously I won the header. <laughs> 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 just, that's only because of the size of my head. That's the only reason why. I know I don't have And uh, but he scored that night, and he was see, be honest, he was a, what a handful he was. What a handful when he was at like Kamali and Hearts. Oh my God, he was a real handful, strong, real good footballing brain. Kevin always had a great touch. Maybe wasn't he wasn't the most mobile, but had a great touch. And then his education, he went to Sunderland and learned off Niall Quinn. Wow, what an education. He'd be the type of player that Kevin wanted to be. No better person to learn off. Uh, and he was, see, when I speak to him, he's no interest really in football. He started to do a wee bit of coaching late, lately, but he was, his career was so interrupted by injuries. So, I mean, he had a real, real bad injury uh, and he'll probably look back and think he was really unfortunate with the type of injury he's had because it kept him out for years at a time, There or two years at a time he was out. So, but, listen, bar, I would say Kevin, I'm looking, Kevin would be the most successful, uh, Colin Calderwood would be the most successful player from Stranath, but then obviously Kevin's represented the national team so he'd be next.
1: So fair play to him and my uh, close friend. Yeah. I listen to him on, a uh, other media outlets. He seems to his knowledge of the games seems to be phenomenal. Aye. Aye, you know, you hear him talk when you, when you hear him talking about the games. He's obviously watches them in depth, and his Aye. analysis about the games are really quite good. And that, that, again, that
2: education comes from the level he's played at as well, because obviously he, there's a, a real more focus on the tactical side of the game at the highest level. So he's probably he's, he's took that with him and 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 learned it, and as I say, he went and done his. His coaching badges. Uh, I think he's got his B license, so he's obviously looking to take that step in. But uh, I mean, you, you don't play for Scotland if you have no knowledge of the game and and, and, and understand the game. And uh, and he's great listening to him do that. I mean, listen to the open goal, his, his brilliant. So they made a huge success of that. So uh, he's found that he's found his calling in life. No football. He's a he's a he's a, TV, a radio personality now or a podcast personality. <laughs>
1: My name is Brian Ferguson, manager of Linlithgow Rose, and you are listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Ashfield have brought in goalkeeper Josh Lumsden on loan from Pollock. They've also added Bradley Rodden after he left Drumchapel United in November. Irvin Meadows' Martin Finlay has agreed a contract extension. He's impressed in both fullback and central defensive roles since joining in the summer. Ochin Talbot have opted to call back some of the players they'd sent out on loan after they decided to not compete this season. That means the likes of Neil McPherson and Jack McDowell, Aidan Wilson, Jamie Glasgow, Corey Pearson, Andy Leishman, and Craig McCracken are all returning. Every defender Kyle McDonald has joined Championship Challengers Dunfermline, and Falkirk have announced former manager Gary Holt has returned as new sporting director. My name's Tommy Sloan, oculate
2: Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Right, Alan? Who was your idol as a boy? My idol was Paul Gascoigne.
1: So he,
2: was he played with some no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, as I say, my favourite not that player was Darren Henderson. No, my idol was Paul Gascoigne. Gascoigne was just like that. As a midfielder, he had everything. Absolutely everything. Widely regarded as one of the best midfielders of his generation. And uh, the, 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 the hat-trick against Aberdeen on the last day of the season obviously lives long in the memory. And believe it or no, because I'm involved in football, I don't have a lot of football strips. I've got that strip with the badges, the... And Gascoigne eight on the back, and it's one of the very, very few football tops i ever bought, and I've still—that's—that's—that's—that's that's, that's, that's. so, uh, I top man, absolute legend.
0: Did you ever meet him at all? Ever get a chance to meet him? Nah, nah
2: never, never came across him, unfortunately. Mm. Never came across him.
0: Who's still the time. Toughest, still time. Exactly. Who's the <laughs> toughest opponent you faced?
2: Toughest opponent would be um, would be either Scott Brown or Barry Ferguson. Uh, I think I would need to side with Barry Ferguson. I just, in terms of being a footballer, I think he gets a a wee bit more quality in in terms of uh, footballing quality than Scott Brown. I mean, they both made both hugely successful careers, but see, competing against they boys, that was a that was a wee a a, kind of wake not wake up call, but you realise these guys are playing a different game to me. They're at a completely different level. And they were leaders within, their, within their, with their club. Leaders within the country. Obviously, they, they both kept in the country. And just, died. a different, different level. Scott Brown was a machine. See, when I first played against him for Gretna and Hibs, he just used to run and run and run and run and run. And what I, he probably got unfairly criticised as being that type of hustle and bustle player. See, when you see him now, what a good footballer he is. You don't play at that level for, 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 for not being a good footballer. But, eh, aye, Barry Ferguson... Barry Ferg- and the, the good thing about it is we played Keltie for Del Beatty. I was injured and Barry Ferguson came over and uh, I was walking out of the dugout, and uh, obviously all the Del boys are there and Barry said, All right, Biggie, what's happening? He's struggling is it like you know, he obviously he recognised my big, big ugly mug, but he didn't, he obviously know who it was. And the Del Beatty boys gave me some a bit of stick, Oh Barry's big parler <laughs> uh, So I uh, so Barry Ferguson for me uh, listen, Henrik Larson, I, play, played, I, I didn't compete against Henrik Larson, but played against Henrik Larson as a boy. Neil Lennon gave me an absolute doom when I was 18 for Stranraa v Celtic. What an, an
0: education, but uh, Ferguson. Great names. Uh, what's the favourite football top you've worn and why?
2: The favourite football top I've, uh, I've worn is the the, the, the Stranraa 2003-2004. Now there's a few things, beca- because it holds special memories, because it was my first I was the captain. It was the first time we'd won, we'd been successful and, and we'd won a trophy. Uh, but the other reason is, <laughs> this is the off bit though. It was a, we were sponsored by Nike. We'd went for being like, is it Zara and ICIS or whatever else? All these weird and wonderful Stano. makes. That, <laughs> aye, all these weird and wonderful makes that nobody's ever heard of. But suddenly seemed seem to rock up with this training gear, and this was your sponsor. And then Neil walked him along, and we get the, the, the training kit dished out, and it's Nike training gear, and you're like. Oh, this is and it fits you properly, and it's it's good material and it it, it lasts well and all that. So for for those reasons, that's Stranorlar Top holds great memories for me. So this brilliant.
0: Who's the best player you've played with?
2: The best player I've played with is David Graham. Really? Aye, aye. Just for the again, again because of the impact he made on the Stranorlar team, because of, we recognise the void that he he left when he went to go to Gretna. But he turned our season as I refer back to the Peterhead game. He's, he's, he scored two goals up at Peterhead and we never looked back and he was capable of going by four or five folk you saw on, on YouTube that, he's, that he would score great goals, he would score important goals and he was just he was just different to anything that was in the league at the time, and he was a, a, a real, real special talent, and somebody that I keep in contact with today. I think he probably he's probably won the championship more than anybody. He's won it with Dunfermline, Hamilton, Gretna. Maybe so. Uh, no, nah, thought man, David Graham would be the
0: would be the best for for, for, the, for those reasons. Kevin, and Kyle will be having words by the sounds. Uh, <laughs> what's, the, <laughs> what's the what's the best practical joke you've seen? Well, this was so. This was obviously
2: we're talking about Stuart Muller. So there was a we had that kind of pre-match thing where, where Neil and Stuart would come in, and then in, in the dressing room the boys would sit round, and it's like an nail shape, and then the showers are off, and then there's a toilet. So whether it was like pre-match nerves or whether it was his part of his ritual, Neil would come in, or sorry, Stuart would come in, maybe a, a couple of minutes before Neil to read the team. And we knew what was happening, and we became a partner that Stuart would go to the toilet. So we just blah, blah, blah. So we decided one day would Stuart come in, before the game, he came in, and it's an open thing, open pathway throughout the cubicle. He sat in the cubicle, and the whole dressing room went silent. And he's going, <laughs> and he's going, bastards <laughs> he was getting off his absolute head because we were just sitting there and absolutely slaughtered him because he was sitting there a shite the toilet and everybody could hear him we were just completely silent his face was bright red it was, it was either Kenny Beacon or, or Swifty who talked to them but they said as soon as he closes that door and as soon as we hear the first kind of fart, everybody go silent <laughs> and as I say, you just, you just sit and Stuart he's going to be oh, oh my god what a man he is so, <laughs> aye, maybe not the best one but oh, what war hysterics and that kind of summed that dressing room up so that did uh, Stuart, he took it well, so he he'll no thank me for sharing that with the public. <laughs> <one of them.
0: laughs> to be fair, I think it's about the third or fourth time he's featured in the Best Practical
2: joke of the stories. That speaks volume for him, because everybody likes him, so day. and if, you, if somebody plays a practical joke on you, it means you're accepted into the group, definitely, I've that's, that's that. my thoughts on it, so it is.
1: I'm Matty Flynn,
0: striker at County Hearts, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Just a reminder, I'm looking for the club that shares a nickname with an English Premier League side. Their players wear the same strip as Romelu Lukaku's current club. They were established in 1946 and Jim Stewart was included in the Scotland squad for the 1974 World Cup two years after leaving them. I have no
1: idea. I, the only thing I could think of is Lukaku. I'm it's, uh, it's probably I don't know if he left. I'm oh. Black and ah, blue, a, and then i have got through all the teams. Dundee, no. Oh, nah. League one, League one down. League, oh, League oh. one down. Oh, is it League one down? Right,
2: okay.
1: And they've got the same nickname as an English Premiership team. Oh Jesus, Johnny only me. Uh, the Magpies. No, <laughs> is that? I'm thinking the magpies because notes County is a magpies and. I'm not counting on playing Scotland. Uh, I think I'm just trying to get the same nickname. I have no idea. Any Boy. idea, Alan? No. Black, 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 oh, and blue's black and blue is killing me. Black and blue. Give, Please, just, give some, just
2: give
1: us a moment. Just give us a moment.
2: Oh, Alan, you're diving,
1: it's in. It's in. It's you're diving in. You're diving in now. Come on.
2: Championship. Uh, uh, I could do with Kevin Kyle. His knowledge is better than
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> and when i when say league one down. I mean, all the way down into the, like the the league. Oh, all right. All oh, right. So it's below. So they could be a non-league team. Paul, don't pretend you don't know. We do this every week. If
1: I'm struggling here. He's struggling. Try help
2: him. No, no. Listen, I'm not struggling. I, I, I have no chance of getting this. I'm no I'm not even claiming to be struggling.
1: So black and blue, the only team I know that playing black and blue is Troon. Troon playing black and blue stripes, do they not? Oh. Is he? Troon.
2: Jim Stewart must be for, is that Colin's dad you're talking about?
1: Yeah. He's not gonna be playing with Troon and get caught up to the <laughs> and get called up to the Scotland squad in nineteen seventy eight. And I don't know what their nickname are. The, the Seasiders, I don't know. Is, is that, that your final answer? answer? I'm going for Troon. Nickname the the seaside does the same as oh, same as Brighton.
2: Brighton, that's what I was going to say. Hi Brighton, Brighton. How's he called up Victor? No.
0: It's not bad, is it? It's not even the answer, is it? See, Paul, you're usually good at making it sound really difficult, and then at the last minute you just oh, put. It's it's not true, true, is it? You just put a name out of hat. Most weeks you've done that. Is in fairness, And you've, you've gone and done it again this week. Uh, no, no. Uh, they've got two nicknames one of which is the Seagulls G- Jim Stewart was called up to the Scotland squad two years after leaving Troon and they as you rightly said playing blue and black no way
1: superb isn't that, I've spent no three way. times I've done that can't I, even cheat it,
2: it up can't you? can even cheat it up just done that, see see the day I played with Gavin I met I met Jimmy Kirkwood and I was actually going to sign with Troon See if a sign with him, I have really got that answer. You have got the answer. I knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's the truth. Before I signed with Avril, I'd spoke to Jimmy. That's right. Uh, aye. No, well done. Well done, Paul. Great answer.
0: Alan, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, and uh, really appreciated uh, you coming on and reminiscing and looking back over all those, uh, those stories and those those times in your career, and. Um, Obviously, wish you all the best with, with Stranraer Reserves, the Stranraer Youth System, and your kind of uh, your ambitions for, for management and everything. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. The, the, the podcast was brilliant, as I say. Thoroughly
2: enjoyed it. The quiz was a shambles, but uh, never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.